Welcome to the Art of a Messy House podcast, where my house is messier than ever, but I am at my happiest. And the only answer for it is Jesus, where my hope is anchored. Come join me, Jen Kasuda, your host, for faith encouragement, testimonies, and devotionals as I share everyday faith in my real, authentic, not perfect way. There will be stories of humility, kindness, truth, and love as we walk in faith through the everyday relatable moments. As a wife, mom, teacher, and author, I'm learning to embrace this messy but beautiful life while encouraging others to do the same. No matter what stage of faith you are at, you will learn of God's love here and be empowered to walk in your own beautifully distinct purpose right here, right now. So let's step over the clutter together and laugh through the stress, for true beauty is in the art of a messy house. So dear God, please bless this beautifully imperfect mess. Love, Jen. Dear God, how much is too much? I actually did not want to talk about this topic, and I still don't want to talk about this topic, but while it's on my heart to share, I am going to just put it out there. It has been a topic I have battled with more than I wish I had, and I personally don't like to discuss such topics, but I think I'm called to. And so many topics that potentially stir up drama, I avoid it. In recent years, I have been prompted to share conversations and have conversations in those moments. And when the Holy Spirit really prompts us to do something, I really try to do that. So here I am. I will start by saying, I'm going to be discussing the topic of drinking. And I will also say that I do drink, but I do not over drink anymore because my heart was prompted so long that I had been drinking too much. And so I'm not going to talk about amounts and things like that. It's really going to be more about my journey with this and how it was something on my heart to do for a really long time. And the Lord had placed it on my heart. I knew I should stop, but I avoided it. So please hear me out before any judgments are made, or let's just avoid judgments altogether for the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our King. It is he who will save us. Isaiah 33, 22. This is just my testimony. It is just my walk. It is where I have been led. I recognize people face addictions and I pray often for deliverance of such things. God can deliver. Nothing is too difficult for him. I realize that the Holy Spirit and the relationship we have with the Lord as believers will be different for all different people. We will have different conversations within and different walks and still it will never compromise the truth. It will never go against God's word. It will always be of love and truth. And so once again, this is just my testimony and my walk. There is this concept and mindset shift I'm going to talk about here. And it's really about what idols and avoidance can do to us. They can keep us stuck when we were meant to step into what God has created us for. And so it can really be applied to anything and everything, not just the topic of drinking. So it's really about what is not meant for us, what God wants to take away from us to pour in more for us, right? And so just stick around and I pray it blesses you. And it is a difficult topic for me to talk about, but I'm trusting the Lord when he says share, right? So for me, I knew for years I should not drink as much as I did. I knew that I put on hold so much on the weekends because in case, or maybe I'll wake up with a headache. So I didn't have to really dive into what the Lord had for me. My dreams were delayed. Having kids was delayed. Probably getting married. I mean, as soon as I met my husband, I knew I was going to marry him. Um, It was a moment. That's a whole nother story. It was a blessing. God really aligned our steps. But so much was put on hold in my life. 
so that my weekends could be kept open to do as I pleased, really, as I pleased. I wrongfully thought my joy and happiness was found in drinking or having the opportunity to drink too much, but it wasn't. Joy is not found there. Happiness is not found there either. I was caught up in bad, negative worldly cycles, fleeting hopes and fleeting feelings. I believed a lie about freedom and where it came from, and I wanted to be free to do as I chose. I wanted to be free to do as I chose. I didn't know about true freedom found in Christ. Galatians. 5, 1, where it says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery, a yoke. I was seeking being alive by being free in my feelings. I was seeking being alive by being free in my feelings, to feel what I wanted to feel or not feel what I wanted to feel, avoid what I wanted to avoid, but I had it wrong for the longest time. I wanted to be carefree, so maybe I would drink more than I should, because it made me feel that way for a moment. I was afraid to surrender it to the Lord because honestly, I wanted to have the option, but God gives us a choice. He won't force us. He will guide us, but we decide like all things, what we hold on to and what we let go of. He showed me time and time again, that drinking brought nothing but chaos and negative emotions afterwards, but I kept it open and I didn't plan to work on my writing or anything on the weekends, Saturdays and Sundays in case I had a headache. I mean this. This is me being super vulnerable and authentic in case I needed to sleep in. You know, of course, rest is important, but that is not what I'm talking about. For me, it was avoidance. It was easier to avoid putting out what I believe was my gifts and talents to face possibly being rejected. But God knows what he is doing. He created us with purpose, distinct purpose, gifts and talents. And I was fighting it because I was afraid of what happens if I put my energy and my focus on my gifts and talents that I feel as though what I think are my gifts and talents from the Lord. And I put it out there and it is rejected by the world. So I didn't want to face those feelings. So I avoided them. And once I had kids, I started to uncover the lie even more. Like I needed this or I deserve this, or let me just explain two things. It's important to wind down and rest. We need to take care of ourselves and the beautiful bodies that the Lord gave us and rewarding and celebrating. We can do that too, right? But avoiding is different. And I'll explain that. Secondly, I do believe the Holy Spirit convicts us lovingly and differently with wisdom and knowledge. It happens differently for us. While that is true, it will never go against God's word or truth. And so I had this conversation with many people on other topics over the past couple of years. They led to really wonderful conversations. They were not easy to have at first, but they were such beautiful conversations when we had them. And so this is not to pass judgment on this topic or any topic. It is simply to share what I wish I listened to sooner in case somebody else is out there holding on to something or in a similar place, and they just need a reminder, an extra push to trust the Lord and what He's doing. Because everything exposed by the light becomes visible. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes light. This is why it is said, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine. And I would always stop there and I'd be like, oh Lord, I like wine. And once again, this is not passing judgment. This is Ephesians chapter 5, verses 13 to 20. Um, and then it says, which leads to debauchery. 
Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to the Lord, the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we go to Romans 8, verses 9 to 11. It says, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if any one does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even your body is subject to death because of sin. The Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. Oh, so much, so much. And it just like makes me remember so many conversations that were also prompts that I was avoiding. I have somebody so near and dear to me. I really look up to her. She is an amazing mom of four children. And we had this blessed conversation one time and she didn't even realize it wasn't even about drinking, but she had just expressed to me that she had really stopped drinking during the time when her kids were being raised because she was like, I need to be on guard in case something happens. I need to respond quickly and be able to just be the mom and be really present. And so I always thought that that in the back of my mind, right? And this whole topic makes me feel terrible, but my feelings are not truth. Feelings are not truth. And I don't want anyone to feel terrible because I'm feeling terrible saying this conversation and I don't want you to feel terrible. God is so much more than our feelings. He wants so much more for us. The enemy will keep us focused on the feelings. We are who God created us to be. And so I want to step into that. I want you to step into that. And so this is going to sound really terrible because I've had my own miscarriage and I know people battle with infertility. And I pray, I pray about that a lot. I pray for a lot of people and I just pray on that because it really just burdened me. When I got pregnant with my first, I was upset. I was scared on many levels of becoming a mom because I didn't think I was going to be good enough. And remember, we don't have to be good enough because Jesus is good enough for us. He is our good enough. And so I felt so blessed and I knew I wanted to be a mom, but I had gotten so used to hiding my feelings and stuff and just the weekends of drinking wine that I cried and actually turned to the person I had just talked about. I turned to her because I was like, why am I so upset? I shouldn't be this dependent on drinking wine. And now I'm upset that I can't drink it because I'm pregnant. I had so much guilt about that. And I love my son. I just got chills when I say this because I'm getting dolls here eyed. I delayed having kids because of such idols of these things that I thought were good for me or I needed or I used to avoid what was really good for me. And once again, it's not just about the drinking. It is just about what is not good for us. What does God want us to get rid of? And just ask throughout this whole episode, just ask yourself, what does he want you to get rid of? Or what do you feel you need to talk to him about, about what maybe you rely on too much or what's not good for you? Ask him to help you reveal that, help you know what it is that he wants you to hear because he wants to make room in our lives for so much more. And so I just think about how at that time it was how I interacted with so many people. I mean, it's what I labeled having fun as. And I think it's so wild to imagine my life without kids now. I just love being a mom. And so that the fact that I delayed it for so long because of these things, but I'm not going to sit in shame. Instead, I'm going to stand in this truth and in love. And I'm going to say that the Lord forgives us in any moment. He forgives us over and over and over again. He has forgiven me. I don't even know how many times, right? There is too many times to be counting. 
I mean, sure, kids added stress to the marriage. Of course they did, but they brought such blessings and such opportunities, such growth. I was not reading a Bible before I had kids. I would never consider myself a woman of faith before. I mean, I talked to God. I went to church here and there, but not like this. And so you don't have to be a mom or a parent to receive this message either. Because the Lord wants to work in all of our lives all the time. And I had my third child at 40 because I delayed having kids. I would want to have even more. My husband probably, if he's listening to this, he's probably like, this lady is wild. If I had started sooner and I had realized and I had given up on these things I was carrying that were not mine to carry, I would have probably had more. Still, I don't sit in the regret and you shouldn't either. Don't sit in the regret and the shame. We speak truth and love so we can learn. We are forgiven. We are loved by Jesus. And yes, I am and so are you. But we need to sometimes turn from what is not good to what is good and God is good. So we need to repent. We are each so different with distinct purpose and a call, God's design and journeys. They are unique to us all. And so it brings me to this topic of testing the waters because I think I was testing the waters for a really long time in more ways than one, especially on this topic. And so I'm going to go to the summer of 2019. It is a memory that will remain with me forever. And there might be a trigger warning. So I'm just going to say it is talking about a near drowning incident. And so I'd say that because I'd want to be completely upfront. My daughter was three years old at the time and it was a summer and she fell into the pool. And with the strength of God, I saved her from drowning. And sure, I just, that experience just, I can see it in my mind. The line is still so hard to say or write that line. I saved her from drowning. is so hard to say. However, it is a moment that truly taught me so much more. Before I even get to the story, um, let me recap a little bit. Swimming has always been something I loved. I took swimming lessons really early on. I learned the strokes. I wasn't always great at them, but I could teach them. Like butterfly, I couldn't swim the butterfly, but I could teach it. In theory, I knew my body what it was supposed to do, right? But I wasn't able to do it for myself, though. Basketball, softball were the sports I really played competitively, and swimming was more of a pastime that I just loved for leisure. And maybe that's why I became a swim instructor and lifeguard for as long as I did from starting my teenage years. In fact, my husband and I met during a summer when I was working at a swim camp by the beach, and it was my job to help teach children, young children between the ages of uh, mainly like five and seven, how to swim, and many times how to get over the fear of water. So I taught swimming for almost 10 years. And so let me skip ahead to having my own children. My husband and I always said, I would therefore be the one who taught my kids how to swim. So I had my first son and swimming for him came super easy. He was um, just had no fear of the water. And so it was very easy to teach him naturally some things because he was naturally fearless. However, he learned some things early on, right? And then I realized when he got to a certain age, he kept telling me that mommy, I know. And so I realized why I would probably need him to have a teacher to teach him more. And so anyway, that's why we have wonderful swim teachers. He learned easily because he didn't have the fear. Breaking the fear is often the most challenging part, fear of letting go, just like I was afraid of letting go of the option of drinking more than I should. Let's go back to swim. So he didn't have that fear. So initially learning came very easily for him, but then came my daughter. And while I had all the plans to do the same thing I had done with my son around that age of three, my daughter taught me that you need to test the waters first. And so she was not like my son. And I'm sure we all know that, right? Every kid, every person is so different. 
And so while I tried to follow through with the same things I'd done with my son, it did not take long to learn that they were the tale of two different cities. I mean, two different children. I had to back up my plans and really work on making her comfortable in the water. And so it was filled with a lot of games, playing and splashing. Long story short, she had been getting more adjusted to the water leading up to a Labor Day family party. And so with the party, we were working on some potty issues too. I won't go into detail. Therefore, while we were swimming though, my daughter had to take a lot of breaks. And so after one of the breaks to the bathroom, We went back outside and somebody had just asked me a very innocent question about my son and his food and allergies just to keep it away from everyone else's. And so even though we had just come out from this break, my daughter had never been one to jump right into the water. She was timid. She was afraid still, although less fearful. She was not one to jump into the water. That would have been my son. And so I didn't even hesitate to respond for a moment to this question about something else. However, she got lost in the moment thinking her swimmies were on and she jumped right in or she walked in. She didn't jump. She walked right in. Maybe after five seconds, I hope it was less. I noticed somebody in my family's face and nobody needed to speak. I just knew something was wrong. And so I don't really know how my body moved in that moment. It had to be all God because I flew into the pool. I know you can't fly, but I'm telling you, I flew into the pool without thinking. I picked her out of those waters. I don't know how I moved that fast. I remember right now I'm thinking of Joshua 1, chapter 1, verse 9, where it says, Remember that I commanded you to be strong and brave. Do not be afraid. The Lord your God will be with you everywhere you go. God was on my side. Surely, praise God, He was on my side. I felt the power within me. I felt His power within me as if He had lifted me across that deck to walk to the water. I didn't even walk. He lifted me across that deck to the water. In fact, I was told by family who watched that they had never seen someone move so fast in their life. I do not remember moving. It was like I blacked out. I remember getting her out of the water. It was as as if I flew without a first thought on angel's wings. It really was this moment I'll never forget. Praise God, she was 100% fine. She was a little shaken up. However, once she was calm and we realized she was totally fine, I knew we needed to prevent this from turning into more fear. So going back into my psychology roots from college and the argument of, are we affected more by nature or nurture? I know we needed to be conscious of our reactions and deliberate on how we reacted and what we fed and nurtured her with afterwards. So it was nurture over nature kind of way that we needed to be deliberate. And so she was fearless in many ways in life and she still is amazing, but she was already so discomfort by water. And we just felt really the need to go into the water with her. So she had always been really good at holding her breath and not allowing water in. So we went back in. I think that helped her in that situation. But once we all calmed down, I think I was more nerved than she was. We went back in, we played some games and we just didn't want the fear to overpower us. And so I spent the rest of the summer doing everything in my power to embrace the water and make her comfortable again. Her her scripture over her bed describes her perfectly. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. Proverbs 31, 25. I knew what it was like to have laughter stolen by fear, and I wouldn't want that for anybody. So I really always pray against, to really just pray against the cycle. I don't want that for my family. So after that day, of having to jump in and save my daughter. I swam laps in that pool, thanking God for saving her. God gave me the strength and direction to be with her 
her superhero really in those as she labeled me that night and which was when I finally cried. We had driven home, you know, after we got back in the water, when everyone was comfortable and we had some dessert, came home, we were pulling into the driveway and she said to me, mommy, you really are my superhero. You are my hero. And I bawled my eyes out. Oh my goodness. The emotions poured out and I could not help but to just think about it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In that day, you will say, give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations that what he has done and proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let it be known to all the world. It was through his strength and the power of the Holy Spirit, I believe I was able to react without thinking and get her out of the water in time. But it made me think about that topic again, that topic of drinking. After I had kids and during that pregnancy, like everything I shared, I mean, I held on to too much of it, I think. And so I'm so glad that I listened to that day. I listened that day at that pool and that I hadn't been drinking. What happened if I had been drinking? Would my body have reacted as innately as it did? Would I have been able to feel the Holy Spirit moving within me if I had had some drinks? I want to hear God's voice louder. And in through all times, sure, lies, fears, doubts can get loud and they can make it difficult to hear. However, I couldn't help but to think about how drinking could have dimmed what really needed to happen, what I really needed to hear, would I have been able to see that look on my family member's eyes telling me to react? Why do I ever deliberately test the waters? Why do I question what God calls us to do? Why do we question it? Why do I question it or not to do? I was so thankful that I had been listening at that time. However, I would be lying to say that I did not start to feel the guilt of it. Taking my eyes off of her for that second, for that conversation or the fear of the harmful lasting effects of the incident, but I was reminded to forgive myself of that night too. That's a whole nother topic. There are so many lessons in those 10 seconds that they taught me. And to listen to the Holy Spirit promptings and convictions for is just one of them. One thing, if I go back to that whole, there, the tale of two different children, we just think about how we are all so different. We think about, we have all different journeys. Think about our different experiences. I think about how God knows what each of us need. He equips us through everything we've been and what we'll go through. None of us are the same. We are all different. We all need things at different times, but we need God all the time. We need him all the time. And just like the Holy Spirit may show us areas to work on at different times than the next person, Our journey is our journey with Christ and should never be compared to somebody else's. When our decisions are spirit-led, we don't need to see what everyone else is doing to know the next step or confirm it. Instead, we need to hear, listen, and follow. Walk in obedience to all that the Lord has commanded you so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. Deuteronomy 5.33 God knows exactly what we need. He is patient with us so we can lean on Him to become patient with others. Our kids are the same learning and developing at their own speed and own time. I mean, just look at the swimming situation with different talents and gifts and strengths and challenges. I mean, I think of that too. So I think that we learn things differently, right? We definitely learn things differently, but we all test the waters in more way than one. However, I pray, I'm praying that I learn to not test the waters that God has called me to. Instead, I pray to trust. And I once again, I'm reminded of Proverbs Chapter three, verses five through six, where it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on him, not your own understanding and all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. So the reflection this week, and I hope you were reflecting the whole time because it's really not just about that topic of drinking. Here are the reflection questions. What is the Lord speaking to you? What areas does he want you to work on? Write them down. Pray about them. Write down any prompts that come. 
and ask those questions. Am I following? How can I follow wholeheartedly, not half and half, half in, half out? Ask the Lord for his strength, his courage, his wisdom to do so. Remember when the Lord calls us to something, he has already equipped us. He is equipping us through the journey. We may not feel it, but he is. Let's not hold on to the ways of the world, even when they are popular, even if they are what we are used to. Let's not judge others either. Thankfully, that's not our role. There's only one judge, and that is the Lord. Remember, our stories are all different. We are called to walk to different waters and different times, yet God is so patient with us. Therefore, we can be patient with others, and in helping them along the journey, some of us will jump right in like my son, and others may be more timid like my daughter. Some of us may even have a story of why the nerves come around the water, a tale like my daughter still remembers. Still, with God, all things are possible. He can set the captives free. He saves, he delivers, and like my daughter, he protects and he does a great work in us. That summer, my daughter started to learn to swim. It took almost two years to get her comfortable enough in the waters to try. God is working. God is delivering. I needed to stand patiently teaching them through the wisdom and strength instead of my own. I need to do that for myself, though, too, not just with my kids. I need to be standing on what God is doing in my life, not holding on and avoiding. We need to be patient with ourselves, but we need to listen and obey. Patience must not be an excuse for ignorance or dismissing a prompt. I'm talking to myself here. So let's reflect because this message is not just about drinking. It's different from all of us. It could be different. What are we carrying? What do we need to let go of? Maybe we need to rest more, trust deeper, even to your old age and gray hairs. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you. I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. Isaiah 46, 4. I love that scripture because we are reminded of a promise that he gave the people of Israel from their nation's birth. He promised to do this even to your old age. I think of this idea of carrying and how when we carry idols or things that we rely on too much, we carry them. Idols can't carry us. They can't deliver us. They can't rescue us. We carry them, whatever they may be. For me, it was drinking a little too much and they weigh us down. It weighed me down. I wouldn't want to admit it, but it weighed me down. But God carries us. Today, I'm asking myself again, and I hope you will too, what am I carrying that I need to let go of? Am I still in God's embrace or jumping ahead? I pray, I repent, I turn away from it. I turn to God. God, I pause to ponder. We can learn from Peter. We can respond like Peter, godly sorrow, right? Then he began to call down curses and he swore to them, I do not know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. That was Matthew 26, verses 74 and 75. We don't need to sit in the shame. We can be like Peter. I sat in the shame for a while. I listened to the lies. The lies we can only try, but we can stand. We can have godly sorrow. We can say, God, I should not have been doing this. I fell into temptation and I am sorry. Help me. We can repent. We can turn back. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. John 8, 36. Repent. Change what needs to be changed. It doesn't have to be drinking. Maybe it's something else. They're pressing on you for a while. Let's give God the heavy, the pressure, the hurry, the worry, the everything, and operate from relaxation, rest, and trust. Let's give him that thing we are not meant to carry. What areas? Write them. Pray about them. Wholeheartedly, let's seek after God. Let's think about, let's lean into his word 
Let's ask him, am I following? How can I follow you wholeheartedly? Ask the Lord for his strength, his courage, his wisdom to do so. And think about the gifts, talents, and focuses, priorities, the dreams you've had for so long and even right now. Don't avoid them. Make room for them. Allow God to help you make room for them. Let go of what is hindering our walks, our lives, and step into our dreams. I never thought I'd be speaking a message out loud like this, writing it, or let alone walking through it. But God, there's more than that thing that weighs you down. I promise you, God has so much more for you and your beautifully distinct talents and gifts. There is no one like you. No one can be you. And the creator of this entire world celebrates you. He loves you. He created the remarkable you, his masterpiece. And so let's dwell. Let's abide. Let's rest. There is a river that whose stream makes glad the city of God, the holy place where the most high dwells. God is within her. She will not fail. Help her at daybreak. Psalm 46 verses four through five. Let's not test the waters when we are called to go. Instead, let's obey the prompt and live the abundant life God has laid out for us right here and right now. Dear God, you are the ultimate teacher, healer, and protector. Forgive me for any prompts that I do not obey. At first, I pray to walk in obedience and the abundance you have for me. Even when it goes against the popular ways of this world, I pray to be in your presence and present with my own kids, teaching and guiding them with your love and wisdom. Fill me with patience for all people that you love. Let me walk away from what and who is not good for me, but let me stand on your word. Let me let go of what I don't need. I give you all the glory for all of this that you have done. I ask that you speak to and guide the person that is listening to this right now. I pray for their safety and protection. I pray for their blessings, their God-given blessings. They are a God-given blessing. And God, may they live out the calling and purpose you have created them for. Thank you for them. Thank you for it all. Thank you that I never need to judge, but I can continue to learn and become all you want me to be. And I I pray that for my brothers and sisters, my families and friends. I pray that I say this and this message will help to make you known. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Art of a Messy House podcast. And thank you even more for being here. Be sure to visit theartofamessyhouse.com to join the conversation. Subscribe there for weekly devotionals and discover some fantastic bonus resources as well. And while that's all for this episode, I hope that you will follow along and always remember, most importantly, that you are loved, you are seen, and you are known. So until next time, God bless.